Hi there, welcome and thank you for tuning in. My name is Jason Shoulder and this is Learning to Fail. My guest today is comedian Mia Jackson. She was visiting Asheville, performing here, and uh, I'm ashamed to say it's probably two years since I recorded this interview. And she was so generous with her time and it just took me forever to resume releasing podcast episodes as those of you know who used to follow along it's been a while anyway mia is amazing she's hilarious she was a semi-finalist on last comic standing and now she travels the world literally the world uh performing comedy she's been touring with amy schumer so much has happened to her since we did this interview i mean i honestly don't know if she would have time to sit down and do an interview with me today because her career has really taken off so i feel really lucky to have gotten this time with her and really fortunate to be able to share it with you i think you'll love it and i think you'll just love what a genuine and warm and funny but also thoughtful person Mia is. If you ever get a chance to see her live, I highly recommend it. And now a little shameless self-promotion to help keep this podcast afloat. People keep asking me how they can support the podcast, and uh, the first thing you can do is just listen. Listen to as many episodes as possible, tell your friends about it, share it on all your social media. All I really care about is that people actually listen to this thing, because the conversations I have with people are really personal and really meaningful, and it's so much effort to do this. All I really care about is that it gets out there. But if you also want to help financially support the podcast, which would be deeply appreciated because it's really expensive to do something for free. And so uh, there's all kinds of things we have to pay for. And I'm not trying to guilt you about it, but I will just say that if you enjoy it and if you want to support it, you can. You can go to our website, learningtofail.com. And go to our donate page, and there will be several options there. I think the easiest thing to do is just make a donation on PayPal. And all that money will go to keeping this podcast afloat. So just know that I'm grateful. And if you have any suggestions, then email them to me. And if you like the episodes and you like the podcast, please go on to iTunes and subscribe and rate and review the podcast. Nothing's more valuable than having you rate and review and tell your friends about it. Just let everyone know that there's no better way to spend your time than learning to fail. And so now, let's talk to someone who has succeeded, the always delightful Mia Jackson. <laughs> I'm better than nobody. That is that is one thing that doing comedy makes very clear. Is this, there's... Oh, does it? Oh, my God. So you've had some pretty incredible experiences, right? I mean, you've been on Last Comic Standing. And yes, Last Comic Standing. Um, what else? Uh, I was in that movie Mother's Day last year. I got to play a comedian named Mia Jackson. Oh, really? Yes. That I is just, so cool. Yeah, because they were like, how do you want to be credited? Do you want us to make up a name? I was like, no, 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 no. Use Mia Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Use my name. Use my name. Yeah. So, yeah, so I did that. Then I did um, Just for Laughs this summer, so... That was fun. I was a, I was an unripped new face. So, so like, yeah. just for last that Montreal. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a big festival. Yeah, that's yeah. a big it deal to get in that. It was huge. Yeah. I was. I still can't believe. Like when they called me, I was like, what? <laughs> I just think being, being on last. How did you end up on Last Comic Standing? Uh, now I'll give you some some history to it first. So, in April of 2014. That's when I had all my, my my day job drama go down and I no longer had a day job. And I'm like, oh, I'm 
this is weird. My little safety net is gone. But the cool thing about not having my job anymore is that all these things that I wasn't able to do before, I could do them. So one of the things that came up was um, the audition for for Last Comic Standing. And so the punchline in Atlanta, which I've, you know, I've lived in Atlanta for years. And so I knew everybody that was there. And so the um, manager of the club, she's like, oh, you know, we're gonna have a Last Comic Standing audition this year. You know, you you should, you know, you should do it. And so September of 2014, do the audition. And then, um, and then I just, and it was two different shows. And the first show was packed, all these people are there. And I was like, oh man, you know, it's gonna be great. But then by the time the second show, the one that I was on, people started leaving. Uh, they told no. people, you can stay, you know, from the earlier show if you want. And so people's energy was out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm still gonna go up here and just try to do the best that I can with the audition. And then, um, Later, and I felt like I did good. And then later on, I ended up running into another comic who was like, oh, by the way, he was like, I really like what you did with your audition. He said, because you performed like you weren't bothered by the people in the room. He said, even though they were, it wasn't a lot of people. And he said, you basically performed like I'm performing to the producers on that show. I'm performing to those people. And I'm like, is that how he was just like, yeah, he said, you just were like, I'm going to show you my set regardless of what's going on around me. So I ended up, um, Ended up getting called for the show maybe like a week or two later. And they're like, oh, okay. And then at this point, because I guess it's fine. I can tell this part now. But like um, at the time, you either would go to L.A. or you would go to New York for the second round. But they were like, you know what? We like you. You're actually going to, you know, we're, you're, you're in the top 100. And I'm like, oh, so I didn't have to go to, <laughs> to, to, I didn't have to, go to New York. Yeah. Around. And so um, and so then they told us the show was on hold. We didn't know why. And I'm like, no, I was yeah. almost there. But then few weeks later they said it's back on and then by spring of 2015 the show was on the air we were in LA taping the show so that's so cool yeah so it that's, was that's really a- fun it was just one of the best things I've done in comedy yeah well I mean it's only going to get better from there I hope so but no it will it for sure <laughs> will. I mean it's I mean it's such a huge door opener and and like I'm not clear on how big your career was before you got on last comic standing because a lot of the mm-hmm. comics on there are already yeah yes yeah yes a lot of people and um because and i would say it was that was probably truer for the earlier seasons because i was on season nine which was actually the last season of the show but the earlier seasons absolutely like it was people who you would go wait a minute i just saw them at such and such club last weekend or that person was the headliner you know but my season there were it was you had some established people's sprinkled throughout but then there were also some people where you're like oh who is this person or what you like or you or they might have been working the road as a headliner but it wasn't anyone where you would go oh I know them from such and such or I've seen them it's just people who were kind of building up so we had like a big mix of a little bit of everybody so well I mean that's very cool it's good for the show it's got to be well, I don't know. I don't put. I don't want to put feelings in your heart, mm-hmm. but I. It feels let's like it'd be intimidating. Let's like, yeah. I mean, it, oh. just like when you're with people who have, you know, been at it for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you're like, there's this part of you where you're like, oh, they picked me. You know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you know, because you know when it should be like they picked me. Yeah, but it's like, what did I? What did I do to deserve? Am I? Should I be here? And you know, and then like I said, I'm seeing people who I'm like, oh, I'm. I know that person or I've seen them before. I thought that person was great or that person had a late night set or maybe I work with this person and you're like, oh, wow, we are here together. Like, 
<laughs> well, so yeah, a little bit of intimidation, but also excitement too. Yeah. So who were the comedians, like the judges and stuff that you worked with? The judges, my season, it was Norm MacDonald, um, Roseanne Barr, and Keenan Ivory Wayans. So okay. they were the judges, and then the host was Anthony Jeselnik. So Anthony. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy. I love that guy. He I mean, he was, is... What was he so like? Good. What was he like uh, he, to be with? Is he, he cool? Or is yeah, he... he was super cool. He was yeah. I mean, he even um like when they had us all in the the green room, which was just a sound stage, which you know um, they had us kind of you know just a little holding area and stuff. Like he came back and talked to everybody before the show, and he was just like, "Look, you know, listen, if you're here, that means the producers like you." <laughs> you know, he was right. like, "So doesn't matter whether or not you win." He's like you're here. So somebody somewhere is going to see you. And it was just really cool that he, you know, he was cool backstage. Um, Wanda Sykes and um, Paige Hurwitz, they were the um, co-producers that season. And so Wanda came back and, you know, she said the same thing like, hey, we're not here to make you look bad. We we picked you for a reason. So, you know, don't get worried that we're going to try to make this go bad for you. Like we want this to go well. So it was really cool to go, oh, that gives you that extra little feeling of relief to go, oh man, like they, they're not trying to make you cannon fodder. They're not trying to make you, you know, right. like when you see the people on American Idol that are outside screaming and you know they're never going to get on the show. It was like, no, 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 we want this to be a good show. So that made it like just a really like relaxing. And even though it was still stressful, it was like, okay, that's a comfort level knowing, all right, I know they're trying to make me look at my best light. Now, did you get to work like with Wanda Sykes and stuff? Did they help you at all? Did they coach you? Yeah, yeah. There was actually, because I don't know if they ended up airing some of this but like um there was a part of the show where they like you would meet with a mentor and our mentor was Wanda Sykes so it was cool where you would so whatever you were thinking about doing for the next episode we got to sit and talk with her and I remember going over one joke and she was like oh are you sure you want to do that joke and I'm like (laughs) wait I'm like is that a bad joke I'm like now I gotta rethink my whole set I'm like Wanda Sykes just was like Oh man, so, she's so good. Yeah, yeah, she she's really yeah, amazing. she yeah, yeah. And, so and I I could see like I mean you're different from her, but there's also a similarity just to like the the sort of naturalness with which you tell a story and the way she tells a story, and it's just oh, it's not it's not no you guys I mean you have a few jokey jokes, but not too many. I mean like your candy thing or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, night, yeah. You know. <laughs> But like, how early is that joke? The candy which, joke. Which one? The um, the, the Mike and Ike and Molly or whatever. Uh, you know what? It's probably um, what was it? it's 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 a newer maybe like in the past two years or so. Okay. Like yeah, but it's um, but I I, I try to perform it in a way where it's very tongue in cheek, like I'm being very silly when I say it, like Mike and Ike and Molly, right, <laughs> you yeah. know. So, but the first part of the joke was inspired by a real thing where. Oh, somebody, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody did give me a special brownie. And yeah. I was like, I don't. And so later on, I told him, like, should I say no to drugs or yes to dessert? And I'm like, I want to say yes to dessert. Yeah, too. no, that whole bit's <laughs> hilarious. Like, am I going to have to create a back alley brownie <laughs> shop? And I loved all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was my, like, I told you last night after your set, like, my favorite thing about last night was actually getting to watch you perform because the first the, the time that we were on stage together, you know, on the set. No, no, that's right. You were hosting. We, you I were was working, hosting so. and I was filming and I was like, I was doing so much. And I was like, I didn't get to see your set until finally one day I, just, I watched the video. Oh, okay. You know? I was like, I hope she doesn't mind if I watched the video I took of her set. But probably not. <laughs> Which, thank you, know? you for that footage. Oh, yeah, um, totally. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a pleasure. I mean, that's something I have a production company. I film every time I'm on stage. I film it. Oh, I didn't know you so, had a production company. Yeah. How did I? 
well, it never came up, but and you now know, I so know. Now you know. If you ever want to shoot a special, let me know. Um, I was dancing, people. That's what I was doing just <laughs> well, now. They could, yeah, they could hear the snaps. They give the snaps. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I shoot whatever. So, when anytime I'm on a show, I always send the footage. I mean, I obviously ask if the headliners and features want to be filmed, mm-hmm. and sometimes they definitely don't. Right, right. And mostly, I think they just don't want footage of their material in the hands of some guy they don't know. Right, because they you might know. be like, "Who, who knows what you're gonna do? Yeah. It's gonna float in the um, ether. I'm working on new stuff." Yeah, all I'm yeah. gonna do is send it to them if they want it, and throw it away if they want me to throw it away or keep it so that they have it. One day down in the future. But how do you set it up, though? Do you just, maybe you should say that. Maybe you should just go, do you want me to record you? I'm only going to send it to you. Oh, I do say that. And they still say no? Sometimes. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I mean, it's, and it's okay. You know, like, I I mean, they don't know me. Well, I guess this. And so, and, and they just, and I understand, like, if they're working on something, they really don't want it out there, or they're planning on filming a special soon or whatever. Oh, they just man. don't want to take any chances. And even if it's not me, if someone gets a hold of my hard drive and it gets stolen. Or right. Whatever, yeah. Know, like, there's a million ways for things to All go wrong. All right. Look fine. But, but, uh, but I agree. It's like, I I mean, everyone's different level, you know, and these, these, right. um, the headliners are obviously very different level for me, but. I remember I met this guy who was featuring for Kathleen Madigan mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And really nice guy. I talked to him after the show and, and I sent him some of my stuff. I just asked his opinion. And, you know, uh, the first time he was like, keep writing. And the second time he was like, this is, you know, you're on to something. It was a mm-hmm. little, it was a slightly <laughs> better, like, his critiques I don't, yeah, were I don't, getting yeah, better. I don't, I don't, I'm still not going to spend time <laughs> detailing it, but, but, uh, but it's getting better, you know, okay. very nice. But he's super nice. The fact that he watched it, it was, really yeah, nice, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I got no complaints. Um, and I asked him, I said, do you think, I should put these videos online for people to see, or I kind of want to wait and make them come see me in person. He's like, dude, <laughs> just get your stuff online. Like you got nothing. Mm. Don't be too precious about the stuff you're writing in your first few years of comedy. Mm. Like okay. you, if yeah. it's good enough that you think people will book you and invite you, that's going to do more good than the harm of people seeing it yeah. and then seeing you perform it again. Yeah. Well, but that's at my level. That's not headlining level. You know? Yeah. That's like, that's good advice. I wouldn't have thought about it like that, but Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was out there. Yeah, yeah, he said just put it out there. I mean, don't be, don't don't uh, be too covetous of it. You know, and people yeah. still like to see people live if they love them. You oh know? yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I I just did a college the other day in in it was outside of Buffalo, New York, and as soon as I came in, like the uh, and in fact, I did not do the joke last night, but the the student activities person that booked me, she's like, oh. Are you gonna do that one joke, you know, about going to Target that we saw in your video? And I'm like, uh, yeah, if you want me to. And she's like, yeah, because I was like, could you? Like, it would be cool if I mean, if you don't, it's fine, but it would be cool if you did it. So, it, you know, they saw the video and still, you know, like I want to see that joke live. So, right, I was like, all right, I'll do it just because they requested. So, because yeah, you'll get people going. I want that person to do that joke, or I want them to tell that story. So yeah, I guess it's not a lot of harm in in putting some of your stuff out there i mean i I probably wouldn't put every single thing because yeah you still want people to go ooh, i want to see what else they're going to talk about but yeah i don't see why having a little it's like a little trailer yeah a teaser so i know spanky uh said he had some stuff online and then he got a call from this club owner in florida he's like spanky there's some guy down here doing your act 
and and he oh. and he confronted the kid on it. He's like, he said, you know that Spanky Brown's joke. He's like, I know, I love Spanky Brown. This was a favorite joke of his. Like oh, he didn't know he, he didn't, didn't even... know that he wasn't supposed to be doing other people's oh, no. material. He's like, you kid. can't do that, you know. So oh. it wasn't it wasn't in any way ill intended. Like he, he didn't just... know he was stealing. He thought he was quoting. Oh, you know, no. like That's it was terrible. like a cover song. Yeah, he probably was like, I'm doing it, but but it's, but it's a good thing that he actually went. Oh, I thought you know that that yeah. he wasn't like nope. I didn't. I didn't take his joke. So oh yeah, so, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah he totally so he can be. It. He can be. He can be taught. Is basically he right. can be. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a teachable moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can be. Have you ever had any of your material lifted? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I know there was one joke that I did, and somebody tweeted the joke, and um. And I was like, oh, my God, you're hilarious. And I know. And somebody was like, I think this dude is tweeting your material. And then um, there's another, you know, that biscuits joke that yeah. I do. I only started doing that maybe in the past year. And um, and usually when I joke in, in the set, I'll go, I want it to be a trending topic. I want it to be in the Urban Dictionary. And somebody actually went and put it in the Urban Dictionary. And um, like cause the first time I ever recorded the joke where it was aired anywhere was in november of 2016 and then march of 2017 someone just made an entry on urban dictionary and added their own stuff behind it. like this is what it means and blah 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 blah. and i'm like wow like this person just like you know it would have been cool if the person could have just went in there and said oh you know got this from comedian mia jackson but they just added it like oh this was my thing that i came up with and i'm oh like my goodness like wow okay but so what did you do about that i just i mean i just saw it and went well hopefully no one looks at the urban dictionary as a literary source so i should be <laughs> i should be fine you can't but comment on those things i think i think yeah i think you can go in and sign up i think but i just was like uh eh, you know hopefully you know eh, but what is uh, the what is the hashtag that you want it's just stepping saying? on my biscuits stepping on my biscuits i want to i want to we'll hashtag that as part of the podcast on my biscuits. It's yeah a, that's a funny hashtag you should make i mean that would be a good like merch it, shirt do you have that have it on cups okay. Okay, yeah, perfect. I have it on yeah. some cups. Yeah. yeah and um yeah. I'm trying to think if I ever had anything. I mean, and I've had other comics come to me before and go, Oh, you know, I, I said something the other day and I think it sounded like yours. Is this really close to your you know, so I've had stuff like that happen before, but um nothing I can think of where somebody openly was like, I'm other than those instances, but like where somebody's like, I'm gonna do her entire set on stage, you know. Yeah. But I will say this, this is one thing that I always thought was super funny to me. Um, and who else? Maybe other people might not think it's funny, but about stealing regarding me is that um, when I was on Last Comic Standing, there's this one joke. I'm, did, I might have done it last night. The joke about the civil rights movement in the yes, uh, that's hilarious. So I did that joke, and they use it in the they use it in the um, like some of the online stuff when they were promoting Last Comic Standing, and um, I did the joke in. So I was in El, El Paso, Texas, I was in, and I think at the comic strip in El Paso, and I was featuring for one of my friends. And as I'm doing the joke, maybe like first night, second night, and then I some of the waitresses, like um, the second night I'm there, they were like, so you were on last comic standing? Because it was that same year. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Because I think it may have just aired like a couple of months before. And I'm like, yeah, 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 it was. And then the girl's like, oh my God. Oh, oh, okay. And I said, well, she said, we were sitting here she said as soon as we heard you say the joke we were like oh my god she stole that joke and then they were like then we heard the intro we were like oh crap that's her <laughs> so that happened and then several months later i'm in uh zany's in nashville and i see this guy who apparently is a local comic and he's sitting in the back 
And as I'm doing that joke, I can see the guy just making these faces like, I mean, he, I mean, really expressive. And he just, I mean, each beat of the joke, he's like, oh my, you know, and I just see him like getting all worked up. And then um, one of the other comics on the show had also been on that same season. So he's like talking to the dude and he was like, she, she took it word for word. Like she didn't change nothing. And then he was like, fool, uh, that's, her that's the girl and then and then so back so, so when i was in the green room the guy was like yo i owe you an apology he was like i was on the side of the stage freaking out i said you know i saw you right and he was like oh you can see me he said because i just was so outraged and he said but then he said after a few minutes i started going she that's almost work yeah that's probably her yeah okay it's her and yeah. then the other guy confirmed it but i just thought it was funny where i'm like oh at least people know and at least you're concerned yeah, you know no, i mean so, it's, it's a step up yeah like, so instead of this vigilante like yeah yeah so i'm like that's that you know at least they're like we want to protect the integrity of this material so i thought that was kind of cool yeah. i mean there's so there's several layers to that story that i think are cool number one uh your stuff was good enough to be like used as you know promotional for last comic standing uh number two it was memorable enough yeah that was exciting that, that people recognized it when they saw you who they didn't recognize right doing it again i did not um, recognize and then all. Uh, but you said you lost did you lose weight since last comic standing because um, you've talked about that on stage that, no. is that real yeah, yeah, but the um around that that was back up when I was at my peak fighting weight though. So last comic standing was when I was hard. Okay. So about so if the El Paso show that happened in sometime in the spring of it was either spring or summer of twenty fifteen, but by the time I was there, like I looked about the same as I did on last comic standing. Okay. But it was just funny with him going, We didn't listen to the intro, but once we realized like, oh, Never mind, but they said they were back there just getting outraged, like, oh, how dare she? That's yeah. so wrong. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, like the other the other positive is like comics are looking out for Yeah, 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 yeah. And that part's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I thought that was yeah. That was I know. Funny. I have a I have a joke that I wrote and I mean it's it's not about it's about something very typical. It's a Jewish thing and it's about Jewish being Jewish and tattoos and conversations with family and this guy here locally he wrote the same joke around the same time i did it oh. i didn't hear him do it he didn't hear me do it and i went to see him oh, perform wow. and i'm sitting with a friend of mine and then we watched this guy do the joke i know he didn't take it from me and i know i didn't take it from him and i'm right. watching i was like I, i'm like can I, can I still do this joke like i don't know if i can do it anymore. right right yeah yeah usually when i hear similar premises i'm always like if i'm watching something on a tv show and i'm like Oh no, does that sound like the thing? Are people going to think I took that thing from them? And I just get into these, just I end up having all kind of internal crises and yeah, panic. Totally. And well, that's, like, that's what integrity oh, looks you like. Know, yeah. So. Well, I talked to the guy directly. I mean, we were friends, you know, and, and I said, hey, man, I got it. This is really weird, but I wrote almost the same joke as you. It goes, it's like it's almost word for word for a while. And then, oh. and then I go a different direction with it. But you have a timeshare joke. Do we have a timeshare joke? You have custody of your, do you want it this week out of the year? Do I want? That's a really funny idea. A timeshare joke. Well, you know, there's such an interesting history with comedy because like Abbott and Costello did not write who's on first. Do you know that? Why do I feel like I'm slightly, was that like an old vaudeville joke Yeah, it's an old, it was old burlesque joke. Oh, Yeah, okay. so it's like, I think burlesque might, the whole burlesque scene 
was like before vaudeville like if, oh. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken i don't know okay. I, it's in that book the comedian i was about to say did you read the comedian yeah, yeah, i that read book half is... the book so i like you haven't finished the book no it's so dense how like, dare you i know well i'm still reading it it's so good i that book is the best it is I mean, really good it is really good and he had a um um what was it like a five episode like um like, like a podcast. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I think they're only like a half hour or something like that, but just talking about the history of of comedy like and I mean it was and like having read the book and then hearing that too it was like oh it's so good. Yeah. So good. I have like 15 comedy books right now that I'm halfway through. So it's just shameful. I <laughs> Shameful. Okay, I was looking at it differently. I'm like, I'm reading a lot of comedy <laughs> books. But You've got to finish. I know. Well, it's 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 true. I I found that what I like most are the autobiographies. Me too. And so, I love and this, you know, the comedians is very much like it's a historical text. And see, I love history. Know? So, and well, see, I'm yeah, I'm not a big history. Oh, person. I'm yeah. So I, it's just hard for me. Like it's just a slugger. It's more sluggish read for me. But um, but I got. I mean, I I just like was in. I couldn't put it down for a, a while. Yeah. And then I, you know, got, I read some, I don't know, I just read an autobiography and I was like, oh yeah, this is more, I like hearing it from the so first person. So you can focus person. on one person <laughs> instead well, of uh, multiple stories. And get into, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Plus I'm like, I can't remember anything, you know, but, but the stories are amazing. And, yeah. um, but I read like, you know, Billy Crystal's book and Steve Martin's book and Mark Maron's book. And like, yes. I and I just Steve hearing, Martin's. going into like the inside of yeah. these people who you care about and who, yeah. You know, you think you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It's um, yeah, because it because it puts a different perspective on it, and then you can also kind of compare the stuff that you're doing to to go like, oh, so I wasn't the only person that thought this, or oh, this is a common thing that a lot of comedians think. You know, as as part of a a thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, like sure. of of just when you see people, because I, I also um a couple of months ago read Kevin Hart's book too, mm. and um and just you know it was really interesting because. You know, you see him as this guy that's just, you know, kind of everywhere, like he's in everything. And then you're like, oh, man, he's huge. But then like seeing just his life history and just all the stuff he did to get to that point, it was like, oh, man, like this dude, like he put in a lot of work. And then, you know, and just just kind of seeing that journey where you're like, all right, this is it's all worth it. It's yeah. all it's all going to be worth it one day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah. the hardest thing is is like. I'm really seeing it now as like seeing people be truly unique. Like there's some people who have just such a unique voice on stage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've, I've just been talking recently. Like I think I've reached level one of mm. an infinite number of levels, but level <laughs> one of finding my voice. Like I kind mm -hmm. of realized I, I've recognized where my head goes when I'm writing a joke. Okay. And it doesn't go to the best possible place. Like it's, it goes, and I'm trying to like, where did I develop this like, sensibility? Why am I? You know, but I'm seriously like, I know I really, I'm like how I just think of like the most awful punchlines. They're funny in my mind. And usually to half the room, they're funny. And to half the room, they're like, you can't say that. And, and not, I mean, I'm not racist. You it's can. something like that. But yeah, no, I am. I'm going yeah. to like, yeah. and yeah. I'm just going to ultimately just have the, the whole room will be the half of the room that doesn't find me distasteful, you know. But then um, you weed those people out later, and then you just start inviting all the halves that like you, and now you got a huge ass fan base, right? Boom, a ha a ha of half the population. <laughs> half the <laughs> I mean, but that's fine though, because that's the thing. It's like not everybody's gonna like everybody, but that's what you do. You talk to the people that like what you're doing, you right? Know? Well, that's and, it's, and I, yeah. I like thank you for saying that because yeah. it's easy to 
get discouraged. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. you listen to Steve Martin. He's like, you know, I'll, I'll be doing a show to 10,000 people. I'll see one guy not laughing, and that's the only guy I can think about <laughs> yep. in the entire stadium. Yep, yep. And and so there's always going to yeah. be that oh, person. Yeah. Or the person that's sitting there with their arms crossed, and you're like, what have I done to you know, this person? So here's like a... I often sit with my arms crossed because I'm comfortable. Like, <laughs> I have like a little bit of a belly. I can rest Sorry, my, my not, elbows on it. You're not judging. Is, no, no, I'm not at all. Like, I'm like, this is me listening. Yeah. And I look like I'm, so I like put my arms down and then I'm super uncomfortable and I actually can't pay attention anymore. Like, all I can think about is like, my arms don't feel good like this. I want my arms crossed. I'm like, oh God, now they're going to think I'm not enjoying myself. Like, so I think that there's something to body language, but I also think there's something to being in expert at reading body language yeah. just assuming it's like someone yeah. analyzing your dreams based on you know all the well water means this and yeah mean that. well maybe, yeah. maybe you know or what, or maybe it's what it means to you yeah you right know? yeah or being 80 yeah. percent of the dreams water means whatever right but in my dream it meant something else or yeah. it felt like it was different so i think the same is true with body language yeah, like what it's if not water a... scares me <laughs> you know right yeah it's not peaceful yeah what if it's not a tranquil what if it's horror inducing? <laughs> you know, it's vast. So how long have you been at it now? Now, um, 15. Wow. Yeah, but 15 I, years. Yeah, but 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 with that 15 though, I don't I only went full time in 2014. So I really only feel like I've been like really, really doing it since then because even just the just the amount of work that I've done prior to that point. And then everything post, you know, has just been completely different. And I actually was talking to one of my friends. Um, we were in New York a couple of months ago. And this was around the time I had found out about JFL. I'd either just, I'd either found out I got it or no, it was after I did it. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm like, I was like, oh God, I hope people don't think that, you know, yeah, because I think the announcements might have come out by then. But I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know people think. We're like, oh, my God, she's been doing comedy forever. And she just became a new face. And she was like, no, 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 no. You can't look at it like that. She said, because she said, you need to put this in the context of the things that you were doing. She said, you know, prior to this point, yeah, you were doing comedy. You were good. You were funny. She was like, but you still had your day job. So you weren't putting a whole, you know, she said the amount of work you put into it now is a lot different. She was like, everything you've done since 2014 has been like, this is all I got. So this is all I'm working on. She was like, so they're seeing the results of that part of it. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. right. You know? So, cause I mean, there were times I can think back on it now. Like when, when I had my job where I was, you know, just kind of like, oh, I'll coast a little bit. Cause I know I can, go work at this club or this club because they know me and I can go work this place this weekend. But it would still be like, well, you know, got to go back to work Monday. So I'm fine. But, you know, now it's that thing of like, oh, no, this is all of it. This is work. And like, if I don't get these jokes together, no one's going <laughs> to no one's going to ask me to come back. Right. So totally. Yeah. So it was a lot different. Yeah. It yeah. is completely different. Yeah. So. OK. So how did you start comedy? Like, what was your impetus? How did that where does that story begin well, for you? Well, it, um, so, so as a kid, you know, so it's, I mean, it always starts early, right? But as a kid, I remember, like, periodically, like, you know, watching stand-up here and there, like, different specials and stuff like that, and, um, and I wasn't, even early on, like, I can even remember my parents, like, having parties, inviting, inviting people to our house, 
and they would be playing Richard Pryor records. And the concept of that being, you know, of that being stand up, I was just like, oh, that's they're playing stuff I can't hear. Like, you know, I just didn't like because they would never let me go downstairs and listen. And I would be so mad. Like, why can't I hear whatever this thing is that's making everybody laugh and it's making me so mad? And I would, you know, go look at the records and I'd be like, oh, like, what's this? But, you know, still, I couldn't put it together. Like, oh, that's a job. Like, that's, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, so stand up was kind of like I was always aware that it was around and that it was a thing, you know, and like I remember snippets of HBO specials here and there and I'd watch something, but probably around when I was maybe in sixth grade or something like that, I remember whatever, I think it was before whatever Comedy Central became now, like it was either, I think it was like Comedy comedy Something and Ha or whatever those two networks were that eventually became Comedy Central. Um, I remember watching like some, like it was like some sh- almost like some show I don't know if it, it wasn't premium blend but it was a show that had like oh this person comes up and does you know 10 minutes this person does 10 minutes so I would see all these different comedians and I remember I would call my cousin we would talk to each other every day after school and talk about who we had seen and like oh I saw this guy named George Wallace and he said blah 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 or I saw this guy and we would repeat the jokes back and forth to each other and then fast forward Def Comedy Jam and Comic View come out and so that was just a completely different thing mm-hmm. to be like Ooh, these are black people. I mean, not that George Wallace is not black, but I'm just like, you know, right, you're, yeah. it was just like, ooh, it's a show with only black yeah, people yeah, yeah. on it, you know, and you're like, oh wow, like this is what is this? And they're they're saying all these things that, you know, and 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 it was just all these different people. And I remember seeing that stuff and being fascinated with it. And even at 14, I remember telling somebody, like, I was in marching band in high school, so I was a band nerd and um band geek all that good stuff and we would sit around and repeat the jokes that we saw and I remember um there was a set by J. Anthony Brown and whatever the joke was that he did it was really funny and I remember everybody would go around and go, what did you see when so-and-so did this what about this person and I remember like what about when J. Anthony Brown did this you know that I and all of everybody everybody's laughing as we repeat the jokes and one of my friends looks at me and she so she tries to do one of the jokes she saw and no one laughed at her and then she was like well well why is it that when you repeat the jokes that you saw on the show like everybody laughs when I do it they don't and I was like because I have comedic timing that's why <laughs> and I'm like at 14 I'm like what do I even know about you know right. comedic timing so I always liked stand up and then maybe towards the end of my college years I remember watching some interview and Chris Rock was on it and he was like you know if you want to be a stand-up comedian you have to write like you have to write all the time and then you go and get on stage and I'm like that's what those people are doing they're writing all the time and so I started keeping a comedy notebook had no plans of getting on stage and I'm like well at some point I'll have to get in front of people to do this. And then after I graduated from college, about a year and a half later, I ended up going to an open mic watching first, just watching it just to see like, what are these people doing here? What is this? What is this thing? You know? And then the guys, one of the guys that was hosting the show, he's like, after the show, he's like, so what are you, what are you doing here? He's like, do you want to do stand up? Is that why you're here? And I'm like, why would you say, why would you say that? Right, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, well, he said, most women that come to the show, they usually come with a guy or they usually come in to watch a guy. You came by yourself. So you want to do stand up?" And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> and he's like, okay, why don't you come back next week? And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and so I remember calling my aunt and I'm like, uh, I think I'm going to do stand up next week. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to come. And I'm like, are you serious? And so, that's how I started doing it, just going to open mics in Athens, Georgia, and 
that's how I started doing stand up. So um, it was, I mean, I just, you know, and I went back that notebook that I've been keeping for a while. I'm like, I'm going to try to use some of these jokes. And I invited people from my job. And one of my friends came and recorded it. I mean, like, and like when they recorded, and this might've even been before people were regularly using DVDs. But like, even then, like, I can still remember up until 2005, like getting, you know, doing shows and the people going, oh, here's the VHS Right. of your show and so um so yeah my first comedy set is on a vhs tape somewhere at my house and my friend labeled it mia's porno tape and i'm like <laughs> thank you for putting that together and that's thank you <laughs> but yeah so that was yeah that's how i that's how i started doing it. and just i just kept going back week after week and and i just didn't stop doing it and then i eventually started showing up at open mics in atlanta and um like the first person to ever give me a guest spot was Marshall Childs that owns the Laughing Skull in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And he had a club at the time called the Funny Farm. And when I got there first, he was like, yeah, you should come you know, do a guest spot this weekend. And I was so dumb at the time. I didn't know the significance of it. Like, oh, I'm doing a spot on a weekend show. I was just right. like, oh, he liked me and thought I was cool. And he wants me to come this Friday and Saturday. <laughs> you know, but I'm like, oh, no. Like, <coughs> excuse me, like a guest spot is a cool thing to do yeah, and I'm yeah. like so he he must think I'm funny and so that was actually like the first place I started like hosting on weekends at comedy clubs so I love hosting like some people don't like it I took a hosting class at the I'm, I'm all about taking these classes <laughs> I mean I'm starting late I started at 46 I'm like give me whatever information I don't have 10 years to screw up on stage and yeah, figure it out yeah. like I need some shortcuts yeah uh, and I, but I have to say, like I, I talk about on the podcast all the time, like I am such a huge proponent of taking comedy classes. Be- really? Yeah, because hmm. you you learn. I mean, if you take a good one, you know, I did, right. I, I yeah, did it in Comedy yeah, yeah. Zone with Joel Pace, who oh, runs yeah, Comedy yeah. Zone. And uh, so, first of all, it's good. It's mostly good that Joel knows me. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's uh, they just tell you in the first night. They give you, they answer, mm-hmm. they ask and answer the 50 most commonly asked questions. Oh, okay. In, of new comedians. They ask it and then they answer because they've collected the questions over the years. Oh, okay. And they just, useful. they just tell you all the bad habits to avoid. So in your first three hours of comedy class, you learn all the things not to do on stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm go to open mics all day long. You know, it's all, it's a lot of what I do. Mm-hmm. And. All I see are people doing all the things I was told you're not supposed to do <laughs> and learning it from each other. Like yeah. I, noticed, I noticed that when I went up there, I was the only one in the class who had any stand up stage experience. Oh, okay. And when we're introducing ourselves and kind of doing our, you know, just they're getting a sense of what we're like when we're on stage with mm-hmm. the microphone. I was doing all kinds of things that they told us immediately not to do. And I realized these are habits that I picked up from more seasoned open mic comedians thinking that meant that I should be doing it. Yeah. And realizing yeah. now in hindsight, I just was learning bad habits from these guys. The blind leading the blind. Yeah, it really, it really was. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. so I'm, I'm a big proponent of taking a good comedy class. Yeah, yeah. You clarify a good comedy yeah, class. Right. You can, yeah, right. I mean, there's yeah. no knowing until you do it or you get a recommendation. But Spanky told me to take it. And I was like, well, I've already been doing this. Should I... Is it gonna? I said I'll do it, but do you think it's a good use of my time? And he said, "You know mm. what? It won't make you worse." Right? Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and somebody else said, "Look, if you feel like it's not for you, don't you know? Just you already paid the money. Just kiss yeah. it away." See, you know. But I think I think that approach because I mean I, I I didn't I took I didn't start taking comedy classes, but like I knew someone who taught one, and I went and sat in like on 
one class the only like formal class I took was like a sketch writing class but that mm -hmm. was some some years later but um yeah I, I would I would that would be my recommendation though if you are going to take the classes like go on stage first and then do it because I sometimes feel with some comedy classes that they are preying on the fact that it's people who are like oh I want to get on stage because you know it's a lot of people who go stand up as my bucket bucket list item you know sure. I want to do this thing or if I do stand up and so you know this is going to be the greatest thing in my life and I'm going to be famous you know so people think that and then I think that sometimes some classes will prey on that because I've met people who have taken classes and then you know, after they do whatever their graduation show is at like some amazing grand location, they're all excited. But it's like, well, everybody's excited because everybody in here is, you know, they're your friends, they're your family. These are people you invited out. And then I've seen some of those people out in the wild at open <laughs> mics. Yeah. And and I remember talking to somebody who had taken a class and the guy was like, so is is this stand up? Because like the first time I ever got on stage, I was in front of 300 people. And right. he's like, so th this is it. And I'm like, yeah, like you come to an open mic, it might be five people in the audience. It might be 10. It could be three. The show might get canceled. And the guy, and I could just see the light just go yeah. out of his eyes like, oh, man, like yeah, this yeah, yeah. this is it. And it's like, well, yeah, that is it. You know, and and so that so so I can appreciate if somebody says, let's start out with all these commonly asked questions. Like, let's let's not try to pretend that this thing is going to happen like these are things you need to avoid. This is how you should be successful. But I I like the idea of if you're going to do it, do it after, do it after you've actually done it. So you can go, Oh, this is what they were talking about. Or, Oh, this thing now makes more sense. Because like I said, I've seen plenty of people who, you know, or, or even people who don't want to take classes, but the perfect candidates for the classes are people that I meet that go, well, I'm funny. So, you know I'm funny so and they're going to exploit the well you're funny so yeah you should take this class and yeah. then you know and then stuff doesn't happen and people don't know what to do well know, for so. sure there's always you know people exploiting this and that I, I think I I I think ultimately if you know you want to do comedy you're going to do comedy right, right 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 and I even explained it to these I met these guys at the top of a mountain biking trail you know um, and we were talking and, and we kind of, it's this little spot where pretty much everybody takes a break cause you've worked really hard to get mm, there. And then okay. you, then it's decision time. <laughs> Do I go like, back am I down going further or, up? Right. Like, or am I going down? Like, I so, so you meet a lot of cool people at that <laughs> yeah. spot. And, and I somehow mentioned that I was doing comedy and they were like, Oh my God, that must be so hard. And I said, you know, if it's in you, it's not hard. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm. I mean, not that it isn't hard to do it. It's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just a trying it is, life. It's but, hard, guys. But what, <laughs> I, what I meant is like, it's not, yeah. they're like, I could never do it. And I'm like, well, but if it's some, if it's in you, you can't not do it. Right, right, right. And yeah. I said, it's kind of like being a drug addict and discovering drugs for the first time. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, these are amazing. Mm, these, like, this is what I'm meant to do is I drugs. I always want cocaine, you know? Yeah, that, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that is, I'm not saying, I, Mia Jackson doesn't, I'm, oh, we're clear, guys. I'm not saying I do cocaine. Yeah. I'm saying, as a drug addict, that's what they're saying. Yeah. And you're saying comedy. <laughs> and, and comedy yeah. is your cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. would be a great t-shirt. Comedy <laughs> right. is my cocaine. Comedy is my coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So yeah, but I would, yeah, I can I can appreciate a much more realistic, you know, thing about like I'll teach a stand-up class in this way, you know. But yeah, but the so so many people get sold a dream and I and I feel bad for them because they'll do it that one time and they're like, I didn't like what do what do I do now? Like I don't know what 
what happens next, you know, so. Well, I ran into a guy, there was a comedian's party at Comedy Zone yesterday, which I drove down for, which is nuts. That's in, Char- in, in Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, so I drove two hours each way to go to no, this party. No, that's what comedy makes but, you do things like um, that. It's but fine. I wanted to, you know, it, it was important. The person who, who put on the party, she she has a lot of events and she's, you know, she's a good person to know and I already know her and it, and it was like, yeah, I went no. to be supportive of her event, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I, and, and I read the only, there was one person from my comedy class there and this is a guy who, you know, started comedy in his seventies or something like that. Oh, wow. Know? And uh, the first thing he said to me was, he's like, you look like you've put on the 30 pounds that I lost. You know, it's just <laughs> like, oh, God, uh, dude, Rude like, much? you know, um, uh. And then, it, and then I come to find out, he said, then he said later, he said, you know, I had four friends that night who came to see the show and they said you were better than I was. And I was pissed because I thought I was the best one up there. And they said you were better. And I was like, well, first of all, thank you. Right. And secondly, I've been doing it for 18 months. Yeah. Everyone else some... in the class was there first time. Like I, sh- if I wasn't, and I'm right. not saying I was the best one up there, but if I wasn't, there's a bigger problem. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got 18 months of experience at that point. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. so that was, that was, I mean, that was funny and it, and it was, but it was interesting and, and, you know, but it's cool to see him doing it. Like he's, he's probably the one taking it the most seriously, really? you know, oh, um, wow. in the class. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think he's taking it. I don't think I'm taking it less seriously. I mean, I have a fucking podcast about comedy. Yeah, this, but- is, this is where my life is headed, but. Uh, but of all the other people, he continued, and he's the one who it. continued on, you yeah, know? So that's cool. Yeah. It's totally yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but, but when those guys taught the class the first night, they said, you know, we're going to do a show on your seventh week. It's a six week class week seven. You're going to do a show. It's gonna be 300 people here. It's going to be the best you will ever do on stage. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a total, like you're going to think that you're an amazing comedian <laughs> because all these see? people came to see you. They're supportive. They're great. And you're going to have a great night and you're going to succeed and it's going to be amazing and get out there and do some comp, some open mics, you know, because that's not yeah. realistic. So they yeah. were pretty good about, see, like, that's good. Yeah, they were, that's... they were good about shattering the illusion because they're the reason they do the class. And I interviewed Joel and he is, uh, you know, he's really honest with people uh-huh. to the point of brutality. Like, <laughs> and, and I just, I appreciate that about him because he said, I said, why do you do these classes? You know, you don't need the money. Like it's right. nice to make a little extra money, but it doesn't right, yeah, need yeah. it. And, and he said, first of all, I love it. I love, you know, these are like my kids. You know, I like, mm-hmm. I like people coming in with no clue. And then in six weeks, we turn them into someone who can do five minutes of funny comedy. Like they're funny. They do amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the crowd is warm. Yeah. But you still have to earn those laughs. Like right. if you're not funny, they're not going to laugh. Right. Right. So you have to say a few things that are funny in your five minutes on stage. Yeah. And, and he said, and the other thing is, you know, and I don't know if he said this or I just kind of pieced it together, but by doing these classes, they're creating better comedians. You know, not everyone mm-hmm. who takes the class is going to go on to do it. He said, you know, maybe 10% of the people, mm-hmm. he said, do I ever but see them again? You know, but they're better than they would have been if they hadn't taken the class. And people, mm-hmm. when I, when I took, not everyone knew I was doing it. And after I took that class and I started doing my set that I developed in mm-hmm. that class, people started saying, local comics started saying that I'd gotten better. Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. interesting. It was like, you know, mm-hmm. I was, so it did. Because you had some structure. Yeah. 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 Things that I didn't know I didn't have. Mm, and yeah. and then so 
that's why I'm like a big fan of it, you know. But I mean, I'm like, I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm Jewish. Like my family's like, <laughs> get educated, you know. <laughs> Education is a huge part of my DNA, mm. and so mm-hmm. for me, the idea of going to comedy school is no different from going to medical school. You know, mm. not that I went to medical school, but like, <laughs> but if, I get it. If yeah, I'm, you know, if I'm gonna learn something, yeah. like why not? Learn from people, yeah, who know, yeah, 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 what you're doing, cut cut out a lot of the learning curve, yeah. So, but I always think it's interesting. Some people just figure it out, and 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 the thing, like you talked about with your friend, she's like, Well, why do people laugh when you tell the joke and not when I tell the joke? That's a piece of comedy you can't teach, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you can't, you can't teach somebody to be likable, you know, you can't. It's just certain things, like some people, because I've even gone places before and I've seen people perform, and I'm like. Ah, you know what? That person might not be funny yet, but but I can see snippets of things. They're very likable on stage, or they come, you know, or they they can they they have a commanding presence, you know. So I can see that with some people, and then other people, you know, I've seen them, and I've been like, oh, they're not gonna make it. Like yeah. they're, I'm very concerned about how they're gonna do in life, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> they might um, not make it to their car, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, because some people, some people, some people just got it, you know. Some yeah. people just got it, and then. Some people, you know, the writing might not be strong, but the performance is. And then you see that writing get better and you're like, oh, man, that person's amazing, you know. But um, I mean, I can remember with me when um, I've like where things started changing. It might have been the second or third, maybe the third year I was doing comedy. But I remember um, the, actually like so the guy that I was dating at the time, I remember him saying to me, he was like, well, you know, you never know what you're going to say when you go on stage. And he was like, why don't you start just saying these are the five jokes I'm going to do the night or these are the, I'm going to do these jokes. And I went, Oh, I, I guess. Cause in my head, I'd be like, everything I thought about is hilarious. So I'm going to throw out all these 10,000 random different topics. And so I would get through jokes and then like some stuff would come across pretty decently because I was, I think I was naturally funny, but there wasn't a lot of structure there. And so I remember when he said that, you know, at first I was like, girl, how dare you? But then I started recording my set all the time. And then when I would drive to work, cause I had a long commute, I would just play my set all the way to work, play it all the way back, play the tapes over and over again. I would listen to the set over and over. And then as I was listening to it, I was going, okay, now I'm, rem- now I know how this joke is supposed to go. Or I'm throwing out tags while I'm listening to myself talk. And then I'm like, all right, well, when I perform this Friday, I know what thing I'm going to say now. And then I remember him saying to me later, like, oh, he's like, I don't even know if you realize this. He goes, but you don't do the thing that you used to do. He said, where you're going, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? He was like, now, you know, because you, you added some, you know, some structure to it. And then, um, and then I remember another comic that I really liked. She came up to me at a show one time and she was like, oh my God, like you've gotten so much better. She's like, you are, she said, cause I would see you before you would, you were funny, but you would kind of be all over the place. And she was like, but now she's like, I see a set. Like I see a set from beginning to end. And I was like, all right, something's working. Something's yeah. happening here. So, you know, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, but it was, it was, you know, just like people going, you're naturally talented, but put some stuff around it, you know, but, um, so I used yeah. to, I, I, um, I studied and taught meditation for a really long time. Did you? I know. I'm people, so fascinated. People, it surprises people. Um, it's like, oh. I, it's a piece, of, it's a thing I'm doing now. Cause I like, mm. I teach yoga. I do all these things that I'm like, when, when, when people, 
if I ask them to guess what I do, their their last guess is that I'm a yoga teacher. I would you know? never have guessed that yeah. at all. Yeah. So I mean, I the thing is, I created a yoga product, and so I became a yoga teacher in order to understand how to teach people to use my product. That that was it. When I went, did it backwards. But, oh. Okay. But but before that, I had been like very deeply involved in meditation, all the stuff that doesn't is does not you know it's not obviously apparent in my daily how how it's I. Fine. Um, I don't care. I think it's fine. You know, it's like I, I'd rather people don't know that and discover that part of me in a more organic way. And the reason I bring it up is uh, one of the things that my teacher talked about was these when you when you meditate, when you get into this very sort of deep transcendent level of the self, there's this structured value and the unstructured value. Mm. And so this is I'm jumping to like, the, in a sense, like the deepest level of talking about spirituality at the moment. But like the unstructured value is just this the transcendent, mm-hmm. which is well, it's another word for it or God or whatever you know unified. There's a lot of different ways to describe it. You're free. Yeah, but it's a total. Yeah. It's yeah. this totally like just infinite, expansive mm-hmm. state which you experience sometimes when you meditate. And then there's like the subtlest structured value of these just sort of basic building blocks of existence where that we live in and. And in, unless you have, if you don't have both, you can't have a universe. Mm. So you need to learn how to sort of bask in the unstructured value of your own being and then mm. start to swim in the structured value mm. of your own being. So you can start to do a little bit of, yeah, you that's where magic yeah. happens. Yeah. 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 It was, it was like really incredible. So bring that way back up to the surface, mm-hmm. you know, with, with what you were describing with your comedy, it's like you had the unstructured value. You were just funny. Yeah. Yeah. I could, yeah. Know? Cause I could make people laugh in conversation, but I can, I mean, I remember when I started transcribing my set, you know, like it would be, it, you know, cause obviously I would write stuff down before, but then when I would go back and listen and actually go, Oh, I'm going to type this set out and I'm going to read it. I'm going to, read what I wrote and I'm going to read what I said. And then did people laugh at this part or this part? And then so, so seeing it would then make me go back and make even more edits to just make it tighter and tighter and tighter. Right. And so, um, and so it was like, Oh, okay. So all this wild and crazy, you know, mess that I'm just talking about that doesn't seem to be sometimes going anywhere or sometimes it accidentally ends up ending. Well, it's like, Oh, well now there it'll purposefully, end well right. i hope yeah yeah <laughs> you well, know no, it, so it, but you can yeah. see it in yeah. the bit you do about your dad your closing bit which yeah. i don't want to give it away because mm-hmm. it's your closing bit but you know you you start off with him saying something and mm-hmm. you end up with you saying <laughs> the thing and yeah. and it's and it's so clearly structured yeah and it's so powerfully effective like you you can't I mean, you can have incidental callbacks and every once in a while you'll, yeah. you'll think of something spontaneously it's very mm-hmm. important as a comedian to be able to function spontaneously right right but, and, and that's another thing to having structure to your set. I remember talking to this guy here who's, he's really one of my favorite guys and, and in many ways, one of my favorite local comedians. And we were talking one day and I had sort of just done this class and I was really high on all this stuff I'd learned. And, and I said, you know, when I did my set at the, at the final show, mm-hmm. you know, that was the first time I'd ever absolutely memorized everything word for word. And I mm. did it word for word. Mm. I did it the way I memorized it. And he said, see, I like to be a little looser and flowing in my set. I said, hey, there's nothing stopping you from being yeah. loose and flowing. Yeah. But if you know your set, 
you can come back to exactly the part where you left off. Oh yeah, yeah, this is true. And that, yeah. and I said that's what's important. You know, yeah. you don't, you're not, you don't have to go back into the word for word, yeah. but it's there. Yeah. And if it's not there, then you've got nowhere to go back to. And I see a lot of comedians, and it's happened to me. We get totally fucking lost. You know, and that especially happens to me at open mics where I'm like, where was I? You know, because yeah, I, I just, I don't know I, the yeah. bits cold. Mm-hmm. It's like, what was that? What I mean to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll happen to me now a lot more if I'm like working on something new and in my head I'm like what did I say or okay and I'm in my head I'm like trying to remember what I typed into my notes on my phone and I'm like what sentence was I don't uh." so that so that's what I'll do it now but like what was it uh yeah about but the the about the being free and going back into your set so and I was saying this the school that I did the other day um like (laughs) it's like in my head I'm like all right you know, the big draw of this show is not me performing, but the big draw is they're going to get free food. So I'm just entertainment while they eat their free food. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I got this good set I'm going to do for these these college students. But then as soon as I walked on stage and I go, hey, how y'all doing? And then this girl in the front row just starts laughing immediately. And I'm like, what? And yeah. then she goes, Oh my God, your accent, your accent's so country because we're in New York, you know, and oh. in upstate New York. And she's like, really? I go, yes, I know I have a twang. I was like, I get it. I'm from Georgia. And I said, but y'all got some nerve to be talking trash when your school is in the middle of nowhere. I said, you're in a field. I think you have cows outside. I feel like your clubs have dirt floors. And so as soon as I just started <laughs> just kind of riffing on them being right. in the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, so, you know, and then she started laughing and then everybody started laughing. And so the first 15 minutes of the set was me just messing with everybody in the audience and doing crowd work and then at that point i'm like all right now i can go to a joke right or or somebody would respond really hard to one of the jokes and then like they might scream something back then i'm like all right let me respond to that but now i can go to another joke because i can keep getting in and out because i know where i want to go so, yeah yeah no that's key i remember uh when i was talking to, to spanky the other day i'm mentioning him a lot because i just interviewed him like two days ago and he said, you know, one of the things that people say about him, and he said, it's just like the greatest compliment anyone could give me. And he's not a braggart by mm-hmm. any means. And But he said, you know, Spanky's really good at resetting a room. Like nobody mm. can reset a room like Spanky. Oh, yeah, and that's a great thing. That, that, is yeah. a, that is a really great quality. And, yeah. and uh, Petey Smith McDowell, who hosted last night mm-hmm. your show, yeah. he can reset the room. Mm-hmm. Like I noticed yeah. that he did that. You know, he set the room the first time, then Hillary came up and did her set, and then... You know, and she had some good moments and some not so good moments, and then yeah, there was and, some people over there talking. Oh no, it was not her being, fault. It was just it yeah, was it was not an easy. Them. Yeah, it was not an easy yeah. you know environment for her. Uh, and you know, so he came out, and instead of just introducing you, he reset the room. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when he brought you up, it was very different. Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. you, so you didn't come into what she left for you. Came into what he. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he wiped the table for you. It was, yeah, it, it was really interesting. I was like. And I've I've been watching him. He's he's he, that's a guy who's naturally funny, and mm-hmm. he's a good writer. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. have you seen really, him before? Have you? N- no, uh, that oh. was my first time seeing him perform. Okay. He said he said he had come to see me before, but I don't I don't. He wasn't on the show that um. Right. But yeah, that was my first time seeing him seeing him host. But yeah, I thought he did a really good job. Of oh just yeah, like he's... like I'm gonna set the tone. Yeah, but that's what you got to do as a host. I mean, you got to be able to if something happens, you got to acknowledge it. You know, if um, you know it like I. <laughs> I did a show one time when the comic purposely was like, I'm going to do, um, 
I'm going to do some religious divisive material. And he, and he did it on purpose because he's like, I'm going to go up here as a character. Did all this stuff. The crowd is angry. I mean, they right. are livid. And then I'm like, I have to go back out and say something. I can't just go. All right, guys, you ready for your headliner? Like, I, there was no way I could right. do this. I just I just tell everybody, I'm like, so, um, you know, give it up for him. And um, um, how are we feeling right now? And then somebody was like, I got a question. And they were like, do you love Jesus? And I was like, hell yeah. And then everybody started screaming. Right. They were like, good, you're not like that guy. And, every, right. you know, but they kind of got them to be, you know, riled up again. But in a, you know, in a good way, because they were all like, what did we just do? Even though, like I said, I knew the guy was doing it on purpose, but it was just like, well, even though I know he's joking, I still have to treat this like what they saw sure. was a real, you know, there a real, real set. trauma. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. have to go in there and yeah. deal with it. So sometimes you have to go, all right, you know, or what just happened earlier? Or who just said, you know, sometimes you just have to just to get stuff, you know, keep stuff flowing. So. Yeah, that's a tough thing when somebody comes mm-hmm. and just, just levels the room and not in a way that like that is hard to follow like they were so good it's going to be hard to follow that mm-hmm. they level the room in a way of like yeah like it's just they, yeah it's just Sometimes now you're walking into a, a mess you know just, yeah like bombs dropped all over the place and you're just doing triage yeah yeah but i mean i know with last night though those girls like they were just talking so much they yeah. were ridiculous and then like um what was it? I mean, even when I got on stage, I'm like, who were the people that were talking? Like, okay, because I was like, let me acknowledge it, because obviously you want some attention. So I'll acknowledge it. But even as I'm performing, I could still hear them like, you know, kind of repeating stuff that I was saying, or or she just said blah 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 blah. And you know, later on, somebody else told me they were like, I think one of them might have been hard of hearing because she was really expressive. And I was like, I talked to them after the show. No one was hard of hearing. They were obnoxious. <laughs> like yeah, that's what that was. Yeah, they were young and stupid. <laughs> yeah. I know it amazes me when people go to a comedy show and think that they can improve the show by being a part of it. Oh, it is. I think I remember one of the shows that made me the angriest. I was in Atlanta some years ago and these people just talked. It was like a table of maybe 10 to 15 people. You could tell it was like a group of friends that had gone out to dinner. People just talked throughout the entire show like they talked through the host. When I was hosting, they were talking a little bit. Feature gets up. They're just talking, talking, talking. People at the club tell them to stop headline and get up there just talking talking talk. i mean they just still just would not stop and then i think finally they're like we're gonna have to put you guys out and i think some of the people in the group got put out and then afterwards some of the people come to me like like i was gonna be a voice of support for them and they're like i mean what are you supposed to do when you go to a comedy club like i mean if you're just friends getting together for dinner and you want to hang out and have a good time like why were we not allowed to talk and i go and i said you could have just gone to a restaurant Exactly. If you wanted to talk, you didn't. There was a I was like and I said, and on top of that, other people came to the show like other people wanted to watch that comedian. They didn't come to hear you talk and to be interrupted multiple times like they wanted to hear that person. And then the guy's like, well, still, it's just not fair. And I'm like, well, you just don't get it then. And he's like, well, don't you understand? I was like, no, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't I don't understand this at all. Like, go hang out with your friends somewhere else. Like, and it's one thing if you want to reach over to a friend and go oh, they just said blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, that's so funny. Or, oh, that reminds me of you. But these people were having a full on, hey, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, you know, yelling across the table and then like looking up at the comic like, why is he, why is he saying stuff to us? Right. Like it, they just did not get it. They don't, I know. did not get it. I, I had that. I, I recently, I, so I have this show, which remember this, I called you yeah, yeah, in you're, May. Yeah. yeah. So, 
And I still want to get you on it, but we just, you know, we, we need, we we'll need, work it out. We need, we, we need money for you. <laughs> Not because you're bad about it, just because you deserve it. Um, and, but the show, the show's growing. And so it's becoming more of a thing. I'll, I'll be able to get you up here in the, in the right way at some point. Cool. I was so, I was like so happy and mad that you were. <laughs> Here last night, I was like, I was supposed to bring me to Asheville. You I was can, just like, you can still bring me. Come I don't on, know, but I just was like, I, and I will, and there will be a totally different crowd of people. There'll be no crossover. It'll no. be a totally different don't group work. when I do it. So, but I just was like, I of course I was thrilled to that you're here. But a piece of me was just like, oh man, I was supposed <laughs> to bring me up here. It's fine. So, but there's plenty of me to go around. So, uh, anyway, I. I had the show at one venue and I did it like we did it five times at that venue and the show was getting better and better. <laughs> but the last show, there was a table who clearly did not know. They did not come there because there was a comedy show. Mm. They came there to hang out. And there were like eight of them and they were loud and I could tell. And I invited them to come in so they'd be a part of the show. So that it would be a little harder for them to talk. And like, no, we'll just, we can hear you from out here. I'm like, yeah, but I can hear you when you're out here. Like, I'm not going to want you to be talking. They were talking the whole time. And I was really, I started off by being nice, then playful, and then rude. And they ruined my set, my opening set. Even my friends who could hear me, I'm like, they're like, we hear you fine. I'm like, I can't hear me. Right, yeah, because it's know? very distracting. It's very you distracting. Can hear it in your, you know. And so I said, maybe they'll leave. You know, I, I was like, they should go across the street. I'll even bring them their food if they go across the street. I will walk across the street <laughs> with their food if they just leave as soon as possible. You know, they ultimately left and the the bar got mad at me for chasing them away. And I said... You should have chased them away. Yeah. It should not have been my job. Yeah, you know, like, and and I was actually the one who brought it up to them. Like after the show, I sent them a little like, let's talk about how things went the other mm -hmm. night. You know, it was their best show ever, and you know there was a table, there's a problem, and I I need your backup for this. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, actually, you know, it wasn't so good, and the staff doesn't like you, and then I was like. Well, then it sounds like we have a different problem on our hands. Yeah, you know? I mean, and so. that's yeah, because sometimes you'll get venues who are pretty much like. Hey, this is hands off. We just gave you a place to perform. That should be good enough. And then you got people who are like, no, we really care about the show and we want this to go well and we will take care of people and we'll, if people are out of hand, we'll make sure they leave. But just, yeah, yeah. I've seen places leave people in the audience and you're like, all well, right, what are you doing? Well, that right. was the first thing I said to my new venue after I established that they like me as a person enough to, you yeah. know, to say something mildly assertive. I said, I just, I told them this story. And they actually knew the manager and had had problems with the manager too. Oh, and the manager okay. got fired like the next, like a week after oh. I had this problem, he got fired anyway. Yikes. So I was like, you should have, you know, this didn't have to happen because yeah. obviously he was the biggest part of the problem. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I told him, I said, look, here's what happened. I just want to make sure, you know, you guys are going to be supportive of the show. Because if someone's like that as a stage, I am going to shame them until, I mean, I'll ask them nicely. I'm not going to start yeah. by being a jerk, Yeah. but I'll do what I have to do to get them to be quiet or to leave. Yeah. And really, I would prefer that somebody else did it. And he said, oh, he said, we are notorious for kicking people off of our, they have these buses, these comedy buses. We kick people off the bus all the time. So don't worry. We got you. Um, you know, and I was like, perfect. You know, it was, it was, yeah. it was so nice. Like, yeah, I, I really think this is going to be an interesting venue. They bought lights. They bought sound. They did everything I asked them to do yeah, to, see, to be ready cool for the have support. Yeah. It's yeah. all. Yeah. When you, when you have people that want the show to be there, then it makes things a lot easier because i mean like i said some people will make things you know very much like well you have a building so <laughs> right yeah yeah I've done enough yeah. yeah yeah and that's i mean that's that's fine if that's what they want to do but yeah. you gotta have some 
Yeah, it's got to be. So, yeah, yeah. So. You gotta. It's like because some people actually came here for the comedy, so you know you got a room of a lot of people versus these eight crazy people. Maybe these other people might want to stay after the show and continue hanging out. You know? But, yeah. All right. I mean, you can't. You can't. You can't focus on the eight people who are disrupting the show for right. the other 60 people. Right, right. You know, I was like, I'm not worried about the, like, you yeah. know, they said, you can't chase away a table of eight. I'm like, what about the 60 that I brought here? Right. They came here to see the show yeah, that you right. hired me to do in your venue, you know? Anyway, <sighs> so what's next for the great Mia Jackson? Oh, gosh. I don't know what's next. What is next? Um, I mean, what do I have coming up? Just going, I'll be in Atlanta, just hanging out for the week. And then, um, what is it, next Saturday, I get on a cruise ship again. I'm going on Norwegian cruise line on the Epic. So I'll be there for wow. a week. And then I'm also supposed to be doing some stuff in Atlanta in December, at the end of December. Like I have a New Year's Eve show somewhere, but I don't know where. Okay. <laughs> Is it on just, your website? Is there miajackson.com? There is a miajackson.com, but I'm actually glad that you brought that up because now I can text and go, where's the show supposed to be? <laughs> but I'm supposed to be in Atlanta on New Year's Eve. So, um, and then other than that, just just working, just out here. But yeah, but miajackson.com. I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter at Mia Comedy and Facebook, Mia Jackson. Like, that's just my personal page. But then, like, my fan page is comedian Mia Jackson. Okay. So. That's how I can be found. All right, good. Well, I mean, yeah. we definitely want people to be able to find you. Yeah, find how, me. How do you like working on the cruise ships? Um, you know what? I'll be okay. I'll tell the truth here. Do you want my you want my PR? I hope you've been telling the truth the whole time. You want my PR answer? No, I'm talking about my answer about cruise ships. You want my PR answer? Uh, well, I'm on if both I, answers. Here, here, I'll give the PR answer. Like, oh my god, it's great. I mean, like you get to travel around the country. I mean, the the world. You get to go these different places, and you get to go to you know these different islands, and it's amazing, and it's just so fun. Okay, that's the PR, that's the PR answer. answer. Then the real answer is. Not gonna lie, it um this is for me because there are some people who enjoy working on the cruise ships, and I'm not mad at anybody that enjoys it. But for me, um sometimes it can be isolating, um you know, because you're you walk outside, you look, and it's just nothing but water and nothing else around you, and it's just water and Wi-Fi is super expensive, <laughs> and so you're like, I gotta decide if I want to be in contact with the outside world so kind of almost to take it back to what we were talking about at the original you know part of the um the start of the conversation where you're like oh i can disconnect but see it's a to me it's a different thing when you're like all right i'm present i'm in the world right now but i'm i'm in Asheville and i'm hanging out and right. i can put my phone down but then when you're in the middle of the ocean and you're like i wouldn't mind texting my mom right now right. and then you're like yeah. oh i can't text or if i do it's gonna be six dollars to text my mother oh my you know so 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 for me for a person who likes to stay in touch with my friends my family my significant other all that kind of stuff it's like sometimes it's really hard to be like oh man i'm away from people and i would love to just be able to you know call my sister and talk trash about something right now but i have to wait <laughs> you know yeah. so 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 that so that that can be challenging and then, and then sometimes with some of the shows um that can also be challenging too because it'll be things that in your head you're like oh well yeah this is clean it's gonna work and then people are just sitting there looking at you like i don't know what you're talking about oh, really? like they, they don't get it or they don't yeah yeah sometimes it's um 
sometimes people like sometimes people like jokey jokes and you know so you so sometimes people come you know wanting wanting right. that and, and their children at the shows too so that can sometimes be um difficult yeah, that's, that's, that's tough <laughs> and i've known people who've gotten in trouble because they're like i don't care that these kids are here i'm gonna say whatever i want yeah <laughs> yeah so it can be it's a it's a different animal like it's a really different it's very different from working in a comedy club. It's different from doing a college show. Like it is its own separate thing. But I mean, but but I will say it, I mean, it is kind of interesting though. Like I said, even though my in my PR answer, I'm like going to all these different places, but that is kind of cool just to be like, oh, it's December and I'm in the Bahamas, or it's December and I'm in Belize and it's hot and everybody at home is wearing a jacket and boots right now and I'm walking around with the tank top on. So that's kind of, you know, and then just, you know, also kind of hanging out at the different ports and going, oh, I, I'm actually eating authentic Mexican food. Like this is not just some restaurant in the middle of Atlanta or the middle of D.C. or, you know, or something like you're like, this is actually like this is this is how it's supposed to taste. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. that's, you know, so that's always kind of fun to be like, I mean, it, it is one place that I go to in, in Cozumel that I really like and. The food is so good. And then I'm like, nothing in America is ever going to taste as good as this. And it makes me mad. <laughs> I, I, yeah. When I was, so I have this yoga product, which I used to manufacture in China. I make, I make it here now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would, my favorite, my first time I went to China was like, after I got back, I didn't eat Chinese food for a month. And as a, <laughs> as a Jew, Chinese food is like the first thing you'd eat after breast milk. You know, it's like <laughs> we're raised on Chinese food. And, and, uh, so then when I started going back, I would like, I would really get into it. You know, I was like, I just can't get enough of this Chinese food. Like mm-hmm. I wanted breakfast, lunch, dinner. And, like, <laughs> I was there for six weeks and I was like, I want more Chinese food. You know, last time I went to Japan, I ate Chinese food. Like half the time I was in Japan, I got tired of sushi. And, and the, like, I didn't know I could get tired of sushi, but I was like, you know, is... I went to Japan three times in one year. I was like, I need some oh, Chinese wow. food, you know? Oh. So three it was all, all for yoga. It was not, you know, I wasn't vacationing. No, but, but still cool. Oh, it was great. It was totally great. But you know, it's, it was not dissimilar to what you describe. Um, I spent a lot of my time alone in my hotel room on, you know, writing <laughs> on Facebook, doing, you know, running my business, doing my life. I even got an, a video editing job while I was in Japan once. <laughs> so I wow. did this video editing job from <laughs> Japan for a guy in New York. And, you know, I mean, it's just uh, the hardest part for me was actually making the most use of my time of being in these interesting places. Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. Because there is a lot of downtime. So, you know, I was like, all right, what, you know, I can download stuff on Netflix now. So let me find the movies that I can download and watch or, or, you know, but the, the good thing about the ship that I've done though, is that there've been other comics on there. So then we'll all, you know, hang on like, all right, we're going to, we'll watch movies tonight or we're going to go to this place, you know, from the port and go do this thing. So, you know, so that, that, that part is, is good. But those hours where you're like, okay, the show is over and we're going to be at sea for two days. Mm. Oh God. And you'll, so you'll go two days before doing another show <laughs> or two, no, t- two days before you see land. Okay, <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just kind of like, all right, when I wake up, I'm going to see water. When I finish my show, I'm going to see water. And, you know, so so sometimes for me, it's kind of like, oh, God, I just want some land, you know, and it's and you're like, what do I do in between the shows? And, you know, because the show was at seven o'clock at night, you know, right. so and it's like you're just 
And on the day when you're at sea, you're like, okay, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. Do you I, like cruise ship life? I mean, are you allowed to go sun, sit on the sun deck and work out certain, at the gym and certain? Like- yeah, gym and certain stuff like that. But it's certain things you can't get in or you can't do, and you know. So it's a, uh, you know, and then so they and, treat you like the help. Uh, not not exactly. They're, like you can like it's certain stuff you can do, but then. Um, if you are out and about, like if you, cause you can eat at the restaurants and stuff like that. Well, in certain ones, it's, you have a better chance of getting in over other ones. But, um, when you're there, like it's, a, um, like if the passengers come up to you, they're like, oh, you know, you need to be friendly. You need to talk to people. Like if they come and see you eating and they just barge their way over and decide to sit down with you, right. you know, you have to just be like, oh, go out. Thanks. You know, and, and sometimes it works out because you will meet people who are actually very kind and very nice. But then you got other people who will, I mean, most people go, Hey, is it okay? But then you got some people who are like, Oh, I'm just going to sit here and Oh, I see you're busy, but I'm going to talk to you anyway. But you also can't tell that person to not talk to right. you, you know? So you got, so if you're in the public area, so, you know, yeah, you can, you can do, you can do some of that stuff, but, um, you know, some of them, they might be like, oh, you can't get in the pool or, oh, you can't do this. Or if people are off the ship and we're in port, then you can go do these certain things because no one's, you know, because our first priority is the passengers. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's something so, that feels so wrong about that. Like, yeah. Yeah, that feels that feels terrible. Yeah, I mean, but it's all you know they want. I mean, which I get it. I'm like, yeah, you want to take care of your passengers first, like sure. But so it's certain, like I said, it's certain stuff where it's like, you know, you we get discounts and things like that. But like I said, for me, the the hardest part is just the the isolation. But also, um, comedically for me, it's not like, oh, I'm gonna be able to work out a joke. Like you need to be doing stuff that already works and that you know that it works. It can't be like, oh, I wrote this thing today. I'm going to try it out tonight right. in the family show, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, with yeah. the kids. I'm going to try this new bit. You, you, you know, you're not like, no, like you can try out a bit where you might have been walking around the port and you saw something and you can reference that, but not some new bit where you're like, oh, you know what? I want to write a joke about the patriarchy. Like, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> that ain't happening. Not for the four o'clock that show. That ain't happening. No, <laughs> no. Maybe you could rewrite it in a really kid-friendly like, way. Like, hey, you know? how many of you in here are sick of your, who hates the patriarchy? Am I right, child? Eight-year-old? Okay. Aren't you tired of your daddy just always saying that he knows best? Right. Well, women feel the same way. Guess what, kiddo? Your dad is all men. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know, it's it's in, it's interesting. Like I said, I'm not, Um, it's, it's just, it's an, like I said, some people are built for it and love it, but... With me, I'm like, it's all right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, it's just work, you know. But I'm like, I want to be places where I can text people. <laughs> well, you're a city girl, it sounds That's like, all. right? Well, I mean, I grew up in, um, what is it? I don't know if it's, no, it's not considered South Georgia. It's, um, I guess, like, West, Southwest of I grew up in Columbus, Georgia. That's my hometown, okay. which is about um, an hour and a half south of Atlanta. So, that's where I grew up. And then I lived in Atlanta for a long time. And so now I kind of hang out in between Atlanta and in between DC. And I've been going to New York a lot lately. So I'm eventually trying to move to New York. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be interesting so. when you get there. It'll be great. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm already, um, I'm in at the comedy cellar. So that's been an oh, amazing thing. And yeah. so, so everything else has fallen into place. So there. it's been, yeah. So the times yeah. that I do get to spend a significant amount of time in New York, when I do get to go to the comedy cellar, I'm like, 
this is as good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, this yeah. is so much better than everything, everything else. <laughs> so tell me what it means to be in at the comedy cellar. Um, you know, it's a you have to be recommended by um someone. I think I believe it like depending on who it is, that recommend recommendation alone can get you the audition. And then I think um or it might take two people to recommend you, but um you're recommended, you go audition, um the booker um she will see you and determine whether or not you will get put in the rotation <laughs> and right. so i auditioned um last november and then um i got put in the rotation so usually like whenever i'm not on the road or whenever i can get to new york i'm like here's my availability i can work this week so and yeah. then they're usually like great we'd love to have you yeah and- if i mean if it's if it fits for the schedule yeah, yeah. like you know and so um you know, you send in your availability and you hope that you can get put on the shows at the three locations that they have. So, well, I've definitely seen yeah. when I was in New York, I tried to go to the comedy cellar. I ended up not going, but it was like midweek. And, you know, I saw Tom Papa was playing at either two or all three locations. You know, mm-hmm. he'd be at the seven, seven o'clock show at one mm-hmm. and nine o'clock show at the yeah. next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think if. I think that's one of the hardest clubs to it is to get past to get that, right? Yeah, it so, is. yeah. So mm-hmm. once you're there, then you should be able to get into any of the other clubs you want. I hope so. Fingers you know. crossed. Well, yeah. you will. Plus, yeah. you're so. delightful, charming, and funny, and Thanks. and uh, it's true. It's very true. <laughs> it's very true. There'll yeah, be a time so. where you're like, you won't take my calls anymore. You'll be like, <laughs> oh, Jason, you I, I know we had something back when I lived in the South, but I'm just, you know, I'm past it all. Jason, I'm like Gotham and Caroline. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've actually done some spots at Caroline's too. They um. I don't, I don't know how they found me. I don't know if it was after I did JFL, but they were like, hey, you want to solve done some spots at Caroline's? And so that's been great too. And they have really good wings. And the Comedy Cellar has amazing wings as well. Oh, okay, I love wings. You can't get good. In LA, you can't get good wings. They're all deep fried crap. I, oh, like, I kept you, foolishly ordering wings. The wings at the cellar are so good. And really? every, every time I go in there, I promise myself I'm not going to eat it. And then I'm just going to get one of the healthier items off the menu. But it's so good. <laughs> I don't it's think, so I, mean, I don't know. I'm like, they're mostly protein, you know, it's like. It's, right. That, that's, that, let's just say that. That's let's the, go with that's that. That's the part I let's focus on. Let's go with on. that. I focus on We're the protein, going with that. not it's the protein. deep We're not fried. And the sauce. And the sauce. Yeah, I don't worry about the sauce. A little, a little bit of sugar. With all that protein, that sugar is fine. So, okay. Uh, I'm curious about something, and I hope you won't mind my asking this, okay. but I think it's a, I think it's interesting. It was one of the first conversations you and I had because when I book my show, mm-hmm. I go out of my way mm-hmm. to create a, a racially and gender diverse lineup. Mm-hmm. I have four comedians. I always have one person of color, which I recently heard is not a favorite phrase, but I don't know what the hell to you say. You can say I'm, person of color. Uh, you, know. you just, you can't say colored person. Well, I know the difference. Yes. <laughs> you can tell person of color and PLC like that's, that's an end term right now. That's, okay. that's the, the social justice warriors and the woke people all approve of person of color. Okay. You All can right, say good. person of color. So I can say that. Well, and the reason I say that is because that's not just black people necessarily. No, it's people, yeah, anybody anyone, with some pigment. Yeah. yeah. Anybody, <laughs> and it, there was yeah. This, this comedian I just saw. He's really funny. His name is uh, Judah Frieden something. Or Judah he, Friedlander? Yeah. Yeah. He is so funny. Did he's you like, watch his Netflix special? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. He's funny. And, and he said, I don't think they should call it. You know, people of color, people of color, they should call white people people without color. <laughs> and 
and I thought that was great. I was like, he's he's really he's he's really good, really fun. He's he's very good at taking every joke in an unexpected direction, which is so yeah. what you're supposed to do. I've seen him at the and cellar before, yeah. And yeah. it's just like, oh, it's so good. It's so, so good, good and simple and like yeah, quick. It just the, yeah, he's the, I opened for him actually before in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, at a um at a like some festival and it was like a it was like a music festival where they have a comedy tent kind of uh-huh. thing. And so I got to open for him. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, he was great. So my question to you is, do you feel like it is an advantage or a disadvantage, or you can maybe answer it in a more expansive way and tell how it's worked for and against you being a female comedian of color? Has that worked mm-hmm. for you or against you? Uh, well, in life, um, it doesn't work for anybody. So um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> and I, and I, I mean, and just, and I mean, just, it, it is very difficult. I mean, I just, like I said, just in life, like being a, I mean, being a black woman, like it's very difficult. Like it's a lot of times. I mean, even when it comes to, and I'll get to the comedy part. In a no, minute, no, no. But, answer the whole question. But when I it, when, but when it comes to life, it's like standards of beauty like people um you know people always consider you know black women the least attractive you know like it's studies where people have said things like that um it's but then there will be other cultures cultures you know who look at people and go oh but i like that black women are wearing braids or i like that black women have big butts or like the black women have full lips. So, but I want that look for myself, but I don't want to be a black woman, but I'll say those things aren't attractive, not on you because you're Brown, but it'll look better on me. You know what I mean? So it's mm. a, it's a real, it's a huge thing. Like the appropriation thing is really big. Um, and just in general, I mean, even if you look at statistics for like, just things like sex trafficking and just how women of color are treated and not believed about a lot of stuff. So it's, difficult just being a black woman in life so being a black woman in comedy (laughs) it's 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 difficult like it's it's a it's sometimes people will think and i've heard i mean and and i'm just again just being matter of fact but like a white male comics i know will be like well i'm not probably not gonna be able to get on this one show because it's not because they're looking for diverse and i'm like yeah but these people were looking for diverse stuff only because you always get the opportunity. You know what I mean? Like right. it was like, that was a specific thing. You know, it was like, they're not saying you're excluded. They're just saying, Hey, we're, I think, um, Oprah, um, was you, she was like, let's just start using the term inclusion more than diversity. Like let's include everybody. Let's mm. lose, you know, and I like inclusion. I a like lot. that word better. I'm, yeah, start, in, I'm, a, inclu- I'm stealing the hell Yeah. Out of inclusion that. is, is way, is way better where I'm like, you're right. Like she just, you know, she's pretty much just like, no, you give people a chance. You're not going, we're purposely doing this this thing so sometimes with comedy like i mean i've had people um you know with shows where i mean they it'll be and and they won't say it sometimes but i it'll be the well we don't really know if we can 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 like you know you you headline like uh really uh you know and I, right. i've kind of i've gotten that before you know like hmm, i guess we'll we'll consider it like there was one um story where i mean if you from my from my personal life with comedy wise we're like even on an off night the club wouldn't put me up but then like people who had less experience than me got to to headline and i was like oh okay because you know that if somebody went to the site and saw a black woman they might not come and like i just i did a club in texas same thing where there were people who 
came up to me afterwards going there were, there were some people who went oh I came because you were black because I I, I want to see a black woman perform and then there would be other people who would go yeah you know I got the tickets to come tonight you know but I didn't know how you were gonna be you know like right. you know and so you get stuff like that where you're like well what okay you no know, okay well let me make you say it what do you what do you mean you didn't know how it was gonna be well I, it you really surprised me and I'm like surprised you how yeah. like tell me like I'm gonna make you say it tell me how I surprised you and like, well I mean you know, because I, I thought you were going to be, and I'm like, no, I want to know what you mean. And no one ever really wants to, to give whatever they, whatever that answer is, because they know it's going to sound awful. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I mean, being in it, I mean, it's a, an advantage. I mean, like I said, it's, it's difficult for, it's, I mean, it's difficult for women of color. I mean, I, I can't just be like, oh, it's difficult for black women, but it's, it is women of color. I mean, it's, it's a hard it's a hard time out in these streets. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a really, I mean, it's, it can, it can be rough. I mean, and I've had, I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I've had bad experiences in comedy, but it's certain things where I'm like, oh, all right. And then just the woman part of it all is that I've done shows before where I have headlined. And if I brought the feature who was a man, there were people who would direct their questions to that person, even though like I was actually telling somebody just recently, um spot I did in Indiana I take the feature with me who was my roommate at the time and they saw my face on the flyers and the guy was like oh you were the oh you're the headliner oh yeah we've seen your flyers all week long comes in the green room my sister is sitting with me it's me my roommate all the questions he starts directing towards him well yeah what do you want us to do you know when we start the show like what do you do you want us to play music do you want and like and he said it and he was like why are you asking me like ask her he's like I, I'm the middle act like right. I don't where do you, why are you even looking at me? you know and my sister was sitting there like why is this guy not even why is he not talking to you like and I mean and he we heard him acknowledge you're the person on the flyers like yeah ask me the question so so then you have to deal with stuff like that too or um you know sometimes it's difficult because people will think that you know you know the the angry black woman stereotype is very real and very huge and people just think that that's how black women are and you know and you get people sometimes like oh is this is this okay and I'm just like why are you talking to me like that like why are you why are you walking on eggshells <laughs> like you can yeah. you can just ask a question you know so but it's just because people aren't exposed and you know stuff like that happens so it's always some extra added level or layer of something just because people have their perceptions about black women or women of color and it's just it it's not always easy like yeah it's it's um and I even had a comic one time tell me before it was a black male comic who um what was it they were like oh well yeah um he almost didn't want you on the show because he thought you were gonna be you know like a Def Jam comic and blah 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 and you know and I'm like all right, you know, or I've had people be like, oh, you are, oh, are you going to be raunchy? You're going to be raw? And I'm like, and if I was, like, what's the, you know, because, well, you know, black women are always talking about this and that on stage. And I'm like, okay, but if I was talking about that, what, what would be the problem? Because men talk about stuff all day long and no one ever polices them about their material. But with me, you know, or like, where your heart, are you going? And I remember one time I did a spot and it was an open mic, I think. And this guy was like, and he straight up like literally snapped his fingers like are you gonna give me black girl attitude and I'm like 
why, why would you do that? Like, what are, yeah. what, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing, sir? Like, this is insane. So it's just stuff like that sometimes. You just have to always deal with with just that kind of stuff or just people having stuff to say. So I say all that to say it's not easy. <laughs> it's, it is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm blown. Like I'm, I'm, my mind is exploding right now. Like, you know, it's, it's, I'm just like, I, I believe you. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to hear that. I don't believe you, but, but I can't fucking believe you. Yeah. Like, right, I, Cause you can't, believe, I can't believe yeah. it. I mean, it's, right, not, like, it's yeah, not like, it's not like I don't believe you. Like, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Cause uh, okay. Yeah. So let me just give you all my like awful white perspective on this <laughs> stuff. Right. Like I, I typically, I like I'm like jealous of black comics because they're almost <laughs> automatically funnier. You know, I'm like I, I don't think anybody wants to see another white Jewish comedian in the South. I'll tell you, I deal with a lot more anti-prejudice as a Jew in the South than I in the comedian comedian world. You know, when I because I talk about being Jewish on stage all the time because mm-hmm. I think it's funny. But I can I can watch the room recede in their chairs like i can watch because I, you're I talking see them, about being jewish yeah i see them physically and energetically move away from the stage and uh, i even said i i call people out on all the time i like i there was this one woman in the front and i was like would you date a jew she's like i don't know i said you wouldn't marry one there right she's like no full-on said it i'm like wow. and, and you know and i was just like <laughs> i just let her say it like i i let that be in the air, like let other people hear that this is how people think. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. you know, I don't get offended by it in the moment because I don't think that's the way to go. This isn't a yeah. TED talk, you know, it's a comedy show. It's like, um, but it's people it's, that are, yeah, you know, so I, that, so yeah. I think that's, I think there's a lot of, uh, I, I always, so I, I like so many things I want to say simultaneously. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I dropped a lot of stuff. No, I'm you did. It was good. Know. I'm glad you did. I mean, I'm glad you did. So, okay, here is my first question. When you got on stage last night, the first thing you did was like, hey, everybody, how you doing? Are we okay? <laughs> like, and now, I'm, now I, I didn't see it that way last night. Mm-hmm. But now in hearing you, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, did she just walk up and deescalate any hostility that might be in the room because she's a female and she's black? Like, is that, do you think you're doing that consciously or unconsciously? Are you probably walking up sometimes. and de-escalating? Yeah, it's pro- yeah, pro- probably, yeah. Because Som- sometimes, I, and, and I, um, I've had to say to people before, um, because, okay, even among, I mean, among every, amongst all of us, there's diversity within whatever you are. There's diversity in white men. You know what I mean? Like, as in like, you might be a person on stage where there's a guy who's a, you know, you might be loud. Another person might be a quieter guy. Might, might be low energy, high energy. Right. So it's like, it's diversity among whatever you see. Um, and it's diversity among black women. And I'm, and I'm using it. I'm purposely saying diversity, like as in diversity in styles and right. that kind of thing. Right. But a lot of people, when they see black women comics, they always assume like, okay, every black woman's going to be loud and this, that, and you know, and again, and that's fine. Like, it's like, if you're a loud comic, you were just a loud comic. If you a high energy comic, that's just who you are. And that's, and that's fine. But because people only get to see a certain type of black woman or at, you know, like it's, then people will assume like, oh, well, if the popular, you know, if, if what I've seen in the past 20, 30 years of, black female comedy is everybody's loud and fun that I'm going to assume everybody's like this. So when I see somebody that's not like that, that's going to blow my mind, which again is totally fine that those styles exist. But, um, I even had someone 
like but with the de-escalating thing sometimes I will say up to front like hey guys this is how I talk like I'm not a loud person like so don't I'm just trying to let you know this is what it is so before you get mad because I've had people come to me before like I thought you were gonna be more you know like how come you weren't more sassy on stage you know or I thought you were gonna tell it like it is and I'm like I did tell it like it is I just <laughs> told it in a quieter voice <laughs> you know and um, I said it so you could hear me <laughs> yeah I mean and then again like cause I'm not mad anybody is loud but it's a um so and then one of the cruise ships that I did uh actually one of the reviews that I got back the guy <clears throat> who was over the comedians on the ship and like I said I don't care about talking about this and I hope he hears it but like he kept saying he was like yeah she's um you know she's she's not doing well which wasn't true and then he said um she's um she's really quiet on stage she's really quiet on stage and I remember having to say to the agent, I think he means I'm not what he thinks I should be acting like on right. stage. I think that he thinks that black women only act this certain way. And he's like, well, she's not loud. You know, but he's like, she's just, she's just really, and that was the only thing. She's quiet. Okay. Well, what does that mean? What do you mean by quiet? Like, I want to make you say it. I want you to say well, I thought she was going to be this, like, say that thing, but you don't want to say that. You just want to say, well, and it's like, and so what if I'm quiet? Like, that's just, that's just how I am. Like, it's fine. Like, people can be quiet. Like, you're not going to question if, if it had been a black man on stage that was quiet. If it had been a white man on stage that had been quiet, it would have been like, oh, that's just his style. He's a genius. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's, you see how he just gets people, he pulls people into his world because he's so quiet. But with me, it was like, no, something's wrong. Cause she's, she's not loud. You know what I mean? So, um, so sometimes because I know people are thinking that that's why I will address it sometimes up front. Like, listen, this is about as, this is the volume level. This is it. Like, this is who I am. This is what you're going to get. I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) You know, I I mean, yeah. So, you know, uh, not to sound like I'm pandering. I love your comedy. I love who you are on stage. Like, uh, I even want to say, and I and I, I can hear myself not wanting to say it. <laughs> I love who you're not on stage, mm. and I don't mind when people are who you're not on stage. But I love that that's not you. Like I, yeah, it's like I'm just I, I just, and I and I probably did notice that when I saw you perform the first time. There was probably a piece of me that said, wow, she's a very unusual <laughs> female black comedian. Like, you know, and but in my mind, it was like all positive. This is like yeah. positive racism, you know? I mean, like I hear myself saying it. I know how awful it is. I want to be clear about that. No. Like, I don't, I don't feel like, and I, I mean, it's a safe space. You and I are friends, so I feel like I can talk to you. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. But, it's, but there's people who are listening who are, you know, not such a safe space. So just know right. that, you know, me is I, hopefully probably, no, are I, you cool with what no, I'm saying? No, I get what you mean yeah. because, and the reason why I say that is because like, when you were just like, oh, you know, she's different. But then that's the thing I always tell everybody. I'm like, but it's like who I am. Like, it's a thousand black women. It's thousands of black women who are like, oh, I'm exactly like her. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. no one ever yeah, sees us. We got us. the only one. <laughs> no one ever sees us ever. No one ever sees us. Yeah. yeah. Well, they you see, they don't hear you. Yeah, they don't hear us because we're because <laughs> you're quiet. <laughs> right, right. I do. I think, in fact, when I was on last comment standing, one of the interviews that didn't air, but they were like, "What would you want America to know about you?" And I was like, "I just want America to know I'm a regular ass black woman." I was like, "Regular ass, that's it." I'm like, "It's a whole lot of regular ass black women hanging yeah. out here," and they were like, "Oh, 
Okay. Well, and you're, you know, like sitting on my couch, you're perfectly, you're, you're so animated, you know? Like, I feel like I want, there's like no right thing I can say right now, but but I also kind of feel like it's important to be able to say it. Like, and this is, okay, so this is when I started earlier and I said, like, I feel like I've found my voice kind of thing, or not that I found it, like I've kind of discovered mm-hmm. what I think it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and I've also had these conversations with people, like, I am very clear on my level. Mm-hmm. Of racism, my level of homophobia, my level mm. of like I, I appreciate that self awareness. I know where I am <laughs> with that. Like I'm not, and, and and in my opinion, I'm none of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure I have some, because we all have some. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, not going to pretend. You know, I'm not going to pretend I have. You, it's just this the world we live in. I mean, everybody is. People have their prejudices. You know, people are. It's certain things like it's just stuff you see, and you're just like, oh, that's how everybody is, or oh, that's you. Know, it's just facts. Right. And and the thing is, like, for me, when I, because I'm so, I feel so clear and comfortable with who I am and where I land with all that stuff, mm-hmm. I'm okay saying things that other people might not be so okay hearing. Mm-hmm. Because maybe they're not as clear no. on where they land on the gradient uh, of their own uh, prejudices. No, they're not. There's so know. many people who, who yeah, I mean, I, I would much rather somebody is like, where you're like, hey, I'm trying to figure out, am I saying the right thing? Or I know this might not sound right, but I'm trying to get to the place where it sounds like we can have a conversation about it. But it's some people who won't acknowledge things at all. Because even when I said last night, I think I said something on stage about, okay, when I say the person is white, I'm just saying it's white as in like, that's a fact. Like, just like I'm black. Because one time I right. did a show, it was a few weeks ago, and I said something like, oh yeah, something, something, because someone was white. And then somebody was like, oh, so what are you saying? White privilege. And I was like, no, actually, I wasn't saying that at all, which you saying that right now was a really big example of white privilege because you're hollering and yelling it out. You know, right. I'm like, and I'm like, no, no, no. I said, I'm just saying white as in like, aren't you a white person? And he's like, well, yeah. And I was like, all right. And I said, just like if you said I was a black woman, I'm not going to get mad at you because I am a black woman. Like, right. you're not, you know, I'm like, it, and then so he's like, oh, like, I get it. So I'm like, just. You know, but that person, I think, was in that they're not aware of them being offended by somebody calling them white. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're offended by this thing that is the truth. But you think if I don't say it or if I don't acknowledge it to you, then that somehow makes it better because we're not talking about it. You know what I mean? So so that kind of comes across where I'm like, no, sometimes you need to talk about certain things. So, I mean. But I would rather somebody try to feel their way out of it as opposed to being like, no, that doesn't exist. Like these things you're talking about don't exist. Yeah. No, I mean, I did. Yeah. I hosted a an LGBTQ show in September mm-hmm. and me and this other friend of mine, Jeff, he was really the guy who got the show. Um, hey, they wanted the two of us to host it. Two straight guys. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote all this material about, you know, two, being two straight guys hosting a gay mm-hmm. show and 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 how, you know at a place that was, we, we addressed it out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, while we were leading up to the show, I was communicating with the comedians and I said, hey, I, I want to, is it okay for me to say this? Can I say that? Like, how should I address you? How do mm-hmm. I describe, like, forgive my ignorance. I was like, I just, I'm, I would rather sound stupid and ignorant to one person than offensive to everybody. Yeah, but that means you have the self-awareness to ask to go, 
I actually need to check to see if this is okay. Oh yeah, totally. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just like, I don't, I don't, I do not want to mess this up. You yeah. Know? And as a result, the the Blue Ridge Pride people who put on the show, they've now asked Jeff and I to do three shows in 2018. So oh, there you go. Um, so your research helped. My research helped. Yeah, but they, you know, the but the the uh, the woman who we brought her in to kind of MC, even though we were hosting, we brought her in to MC, and uh, and I don't know. I don't even know how to describe her. She's, uh, I don't know if she's a transvestite or transgender. Cause I don't know. I don't know okay. that she's transitioning. But you know she's a part of the trans She's community. definitely on the, on the LGBTQ. Okay. A, I like, mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of other letters. Right. Um, and, and when I was meeting with them recently, they pointed to this poster and they showed me like, there's all these different flags. Do you know mm-hmm. this? There's like 20 different LG, there's just no. 20 different identities, uh, okay. different ways to self-identify oh, on okay. this gradient. Okay. And she said, even we know, even we don't know all of them. Like, mm. you, like you know, here's one, like it, it, it was endless. And so she said, don't feel so bad, you know, I, as long as you're not, if your intentions are okay, that'll mostly come through. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, and it's um, yeah. You just have to acknowledge that certain yeah. things exist, and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But some people are acting. Some people, but some people we go. I don't want to talk about this thing at all. Like, you know, I've had people get mad at me about the joke I tell about like, oh, somebody suggested I get married on a plantation, and like yeah, I've had people. Hilarious. That's I've a really people, funny joke. I've people get mad. Like I've had people be like, you know, you were wrong for that joke. You shouldn't even talk about that. And I'm like, well, it happened. Like, I mean, I ain't making it up. Like, that's right. a thing. Like, that's a real conversation <laughs> that I've had. Funny bit. I mean, it's <laughs> such a funny bit. It's You're real, like, you just sold yeah. me the slavery package. Like, it's, yeah, it's, but it's like, I'm not, yeah, and I'm not saying it to be like, oh, I'm condemning people. I'm like, no, these, this is a tone deaf conversation that somebody really was like, that would be a great idea. And you're like, no, it would not be a great idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that was when it was, I mean, that was with your white friend that you talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you yeah. had to, I mean, like. And I like the way you're like, I'm just saying she's white. I'm not saying anything else. But of course, she had to be white for that joke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And but it's like, and no one's, yeah, I'm not trying to say we shouldn't. But it's just like, no, people have conversations like that. I mean, one of my really close friends is is a white woman. And we will send messages back and forth all day to each other. Where she'll ask me stuff sometimes like, okay, listen. She's like, I'm just like, I need to know this thing. You know? Right, and I'm yeah. like, okay. You know? And then, but like in general, our conversations are mostly us gossiping and talking trash about politics and doing other stuff all day long. You know, we're talking about some of everything, but then there will be stuff sometimes where she'll go, I was reading this article the other day and I didn't know what, you know, can you tell, can you give me some more background on why, you know, why this, why these people are so upset? And and she'll go, oh, I had no idea that that issue was that deep or, oh, I'm so glad you told me because now I'm now going off to go do more research myself, you know, so. I'm well, like, that's all we can do is, that's all we can hope for is to influence people to, to be aware mm-hmm. and want to make yeah. more conscious choices. Be aware and, and acknowledge it and don't be like, I'm not going to talk about it because it's not real. And it's like, no, it's a very real thing. Yeah. Like all this stuff is real. It's the sexism, racism, all the isms, <laughs> like they're, they're all real. And you know, some people are like, oh, why are you even talking about that? And it's like, cause somebody needs to talk about it. And that's going to do it for my conversation with Mia. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I just love her stories and I love her story. 
I really appreciate what she's been through to get to where she is and how humbly and generously she shares her time and her thoughts and her ideas and just herself. She's very generous with herself, both on stage and off stage. And I feel really lucky to have had this chance to talk to her. And we're going to end with a little epilogue because I just didn't want to include it in the podcast, but there was a lot of love at the end of it, and I feel like you should hear it. So we'll go out on that. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Bruce Sales, my incredible producer, and all of you, my listeners, please like, subscribe, share, donate, do everything you can to support the podcast. Just know that I appreciate it, and more than anything, I appreciate the fact that you're listening. Well, I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about it. I could talk to you for another two hours, Mia. I'm just like... This has been a good talk. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be this good. This was a great talk. I had a blast. All I can say is please let this not be the last time we sit down and do this. Let's do this again. Invite me back. I will totally come. Oh, you know, you're invited back anytime. So if if you're in town, we'll make sure we do it. If I can come to Atlanta, I would love to go perform with you sometime i want you to be on my show like i mean i would you're someone who i just would like i'd like to be in your world i'd like to have you in mind you have you flatter me stop it right now no (laughs) i will not stop it now or ever and i'm not trying to flatter you i genuinely um i genuinely admire you and respect what you're doing and love more just more importantly i love what you do like i really enjoy you as a comedian and as a person and I'm just happy that, you know, I have a platform where, you know, another five or six people can find out who you are. We made this happen. That's all. <laughs> I just need those five or six people. I That's need, right. Yeah. I it could, if only one of those five or six I people has just, to, you know. I'm just trying to build it up a person at a time. Well, this is, you know, <laughs> uh, this, is how, this is how that happens. But thank you for taking thank, time to be with me. Thank you for having me. I'm really me. only stopping because... My daughter's about to get dropped off, <laughs> and I'm imagining like this mom is texting me right now, being like, oh. "Why aren't you answering? I don't see your car in your yeah, driveway." Yeah, let's like, not get you in I, trouble. Yeah, but, uh, um, but truly, like, um, I don't want it to end. We can, we'll, we'll we'll do it we again. We can circle back. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you for, you for having me. All right, we'll do it again. All right. <laughs>